Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, I'm Jack, one of the pastors here. Welcome. So glad to have you here. And uh, we're in this series uh, looking at some different uh, themes and different habits, different rhythms that we like to make a part of our life because they matter. They have a spiritual significance to us. And so we've looked at uh, two weeks ago why missions matters. Why does it matter that we care about the mission of, of Jesus and carrying that out to the world? And how does that look like to help uh, a needy world, a, a watching world? What does it look like to be that? And we celebrated the fact of how much God has been using this church in the last three and a half years here in Midtown to make a difference in this part of the town. We, we talk a lot about bringing the hope of Jesus to the heart of the city, that so much of the city itself has left the heart of it and kind of moved out to suburbia and all that kind of stuff, but we want to be a part of bringing that hope back here. Last week, we looked at this idea of what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus, to align your life to being a follower. Remember, we kind of gave this clue that it's not just being an intern for Jesus, it's really about being an apprentice of Jesus, to learn and kind of make his habits and patterns. And tonight we wanna look at this idea of why does worship matter? So we're gonna have a worship night next week. We invite you to that, invite some people to it. It's gonna be a great night. Uh, But we wanted to take a few minutes tonight and do something a little bit different. And so I've asked Lyle to kind of be a part of this. And we have some people that are gonna be a part of a panel here because we want to kind of, beyond just a pastor and a worship pastor and a worship leader kind of saying, here's why worship matters, we wanted to expand that a little bit. But as we get started, and uh, if Alexa is here, and Ryan, and Melody, you can start making your way up here. But I just wanted to read uh, this verse to us here from Psalm 95, as they're making their way up. Here's what Psalm 95 says. It says, come let us sing with joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands form the dry land. Come let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And when you think of worship, how many of you think of music? Okay, that's such a huge part of worship. And in a lot of ways, this psalmist is saying, hey, let your heart sing, let there be this rejoicing. But it's also so much more than that. And so we wanted to take uh, a little bit of time tonight in kind of a panel discussion and looking at things. Why does worship matter? Why isn't it a significant part of how we're to aim our life? And I hope that you are kind of just enthralled in the conversation and join in in your own mind. Uh, Don't shout anything because that's weird. Uh, But like just kind of be a part of the conversation and what this means to you as we kind of navigate this a little bit. All right. Well, thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, It's my pleasure to get to introduce you uh, to our very highly esteemed speakers. Thank you all for being here tonight. Um, let's give them just a, before we even start, let's just give them a round of applause. Uh, it takes courage to get up here to do this. And I know uh, for some of them, when we approach them, uh, there's a little bit of apprehension and that's okay because uh, it's difficult to get up, but we just want to thank them for being here. So to my left here, I want to introduce you to Melody Bailey. Give it up for Melody. <laughs> Melody is a mother of four. Her kids are aged 36 to 19. Uh, She's working at Catalina Foothills High School. She's in the special education department where she's been working for seven years. Uh, She's a, that's right, you can give that up. She's a competitive runner and has been doing so for 20 years. Uh, She prefers trail running, but mostly runs road races because that's what's most accessible. Uh, She loves to listen to worship music. She loves to sing worship music while running and she's once even been told 
that because she likes to sing worship music while running, that it keeps the coyotes away. All right. So this is Melody. Next to Melody, we have Ryan Meek. Uh, For those of you who've been around, yeah, that's right. For those of you who've been around Elements for any number of years, you know Ryan's been a part of this uh, for almost since the beginning, right? Maybe the beginning too, right? Pretty close. Doesn't matter. Ryan's 29. Ryan works with the Border Patrol, where he's been working there for four years as a mechanic. Uh, Clearly, he likes to lift weights, uh, so he loves it when you come up and ask him how much he can bench. That's right. He's also very active in the outdoors uh, where he enjoys hiking, he enjoys shooting, mountain biking, surfing, and snowboarding. All right, give it up for Ryan. And lastly, we have Alexa. Uh, Alexa and her husband Stephen are new to Tucson uh, where he is going to the med school at U of A. That's right. And so she is a wife and also now a mother. Uh, So she's adjusting to a new day-to-day Uh, Routine as a mother, actually. Uh, Before that, she was doing visual merchandising in corporate America for three years. And even before that, uh, she spent time in Cambodia and Papua New Guinea as a missionary with Youth with a Mission. So uh, these are going to be our esteemed guests. And the reason we chose people from all walks of life is because it's easy for me to get up here and to talk about worship. You guys see me up here uh, many times, and I get to talk about worship and why worship's important to me. But as you all know, I'm a little bit biased, right? Let's just be honest, I'm a little bit biased. And so we could have the teaching guy get up here and our teaching pastor give you theology about worship. But again, he's a little bit biased. But more than anything, we want you to get to connect with people who are out in the everyday world, just living their lives. But these are people who are worshipers. They love to worship. And so if we're gonna talk about worship, it's important to just start with a definition just so that we kind of know what we're talking about. And so when we say worship tonight, the idea behind that is worship is our response to God's revelation of who he is. I'll say that again. Worship is our response to the revelation of who God is. And so it's easy to worship through music because we can sing these songs that have revealing lyrics about the nature of God. We can sing songs that call us out to live uh, a life for uh, Jesus. And so it's easy to talk about those things uh, as being worship. But what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? And that's really what we want to dive into tonight. So We're just going to start with a simple question for all of you. Uh, Melody, I'm going to start with you, uh, and all of you will have you answer this question. But Melody, where do you find that is easiest for you to worship? What does that moment look like for you? Um, I think it's easiest for me to worship um, out running. I usually wear an iPad, uh, iPod with um, worship music on it, and... um, like this morning I was out running and one of the songs said, raise your hand. So I, I, you might see me running down the road with my arms raised, worshiping. And also at home, I usually have um, K-Love or KFLT on um, and in my car also. Um, I usually have worship music on. All right, Ryan. So I usually try to get up in the morning and uh, try to start by reading uh, my word every day, the Bible. Um, I'm not always the best at it, so, but I, f- I notice the days that I'm not in my word that my whole attitude changes and um, towards people, the way I act and react, and just by getting in the word and, and praying, um, just my focus towards the Lord and just everything changes, and, and I feel like I react to people better, um, even if they do me wrong or whatever, I feel like my reaction is a lot better just because 
I feel like the Lord just really fills me with the Holy Spirit in that moment. And as well as in the car, whether it's listening to music or not, just um, thinking, having thoughts, contemplating about whatever and just praying. So. Um, for me, I think if we're talking about response to who God is, um, my love language is hands down quality time. So for me, that's quality time with Jesus. And so for me, being a mom of an 11 month old, uh, that's nap time because it's, that's when it's quiet. And so like I would in, in any other intimate relationship, like with my husband, I like to put away my phone, turn off music and seek Jesus, just spend time with Jesus one-on-one. For me, that's with my Bible, that's with coffee, like sitting down with my husband, and that's with a journal. I love to write down the different things that we're processing and going through together, prayers, or just things on my mind. Um, Yes. Awesome. That's great. Well, obviously, one thing that's important to us at Element City Church is corporate worship, and so when we say corporate worship, we're talking about this, the Sunday night gathering where we get to together, and it's not just the singing side of things, it's also uh, the preaching. All of those things are, are ways that we get to respond to God and ways that we get to worship him. So um, it's clear that we, we value that. So Ryan, let me just start with you. Why do you find our time of corporate worship here at Elements to be so important to you? Um, I just I love praising the Lord. I'm very, um, I guess, active in it. I always have my hands raised. Um, and it's just awesome to see other people worshiping the same God. It kind of just shows how big and how real he is, that we all believe in the same God, and he does so much for each individual, and he does it in different ways. And we all um, praise the Lord in different ways and worship in different ways. So me, I'm very active. I kind of move and raise my hands, but I think that's uh, a valuable part is coming here and just getting some awesome worship. How about for you, Alexa? For me, I think. For me, I. Th- Is it on? For me, uh, I think such an important time of worship is one-on-one, but I think the corporate side is really important because for me, it reminds me that it's not about me because that time one-on-one that I'm worshiping with the Lord, like I receive so much, but this time that we get to raise our hands together and that people worship in different ways, it reminds me that it's about Jesus at the end of the day. He is, he's worthy of all of our lives and all of our praise and all of our worship. So. And I, the, much of the same what they said, but I just love, um, I have four children. None of them are worshiping the Lord right now. So I love being here with the the younger um, church and seeing them worship and it gives me hope and um, it I just yeah love you know being in the group and seeing everyone worship together that's great well you said it Alexa when you talked about um, the idea that it's not about me and so we definitely have different philosophies of that we the way that we go about worship really um, clearly we we have speakers, right? We want to put out good sound. Uh, we keep it a little bit loud, and we do that on purpose. And there really is reason behind that, because what I found in worship is that as our self-awareness um, is at a high, our God awareness is really at a low. And so the more that we get to lean into this time, and the more that we can remove your awareness of self. So I'm sorry it's cold in the room. I mean, it's hard to not be very self-aware of how cold you are at times when it's freezing, but... Um, 
you know, if you want to keep the coyotes away, uh, you know, for those of you who can relate to that, when we keep the music a little bit loud, it encourages you to be able to sing out and it, and it gives you that freedom to know that uh, the person right next to you isn't listening in. They're not judging you. They're not trying to figure out if you're going to be on American Idol uh, <laughs> for good reasons or bad reasons. It let's is be biblical honest. to so. make a joyful noise. It absolutely is. Says, so. That's right. That's the next I thing. I do my part to make a noise. Okay. <laughs> so... Just knowing the philosophy, and that's something, Jack, that we've discussed uh, with Brian as well and that our leadership team really values. And so maybe you could speak into this because I don't know if many of you are aware of this who've ever worked on a church staff. You might know that the worship leader and the, the pastor don't always get along. In a lot of churches, they kind of are fighting for their time. And it's, uh, you know, the worship leader wants to have a lot of time so that we can sing, and then the preacher wants his time so that he can speak. And really, we see it all as just one experience. We see it all as part of one, one uh, or a couple pieces of a, of a whole pie, right? So uh, maybe you can speak into that. Why is it that we value corporate worship so much uh, in our leadership team? Well, I think Alexa kind of hit on that too. Just the reality of what we're, uh, what our heart, our passion is, is to create space for you all in the midst of a busy week uh, to kind of, in some ways, for this to be a spiritual, emotional kind of pause, a a, a pit stop, uh, if you will, that maybe this kind of worship with all the bells and whistles you don't get at home, I don't get at home. And so to be a part of something that's bigger than you, uh, where it's not just about you, and uh, as, a, as a passion that we have here is to say, hey, we want the whole experience from the, from the moment people are welcomed as they come in through a soccer love tunnel that you guys were doing earlier, um, from coming in that way to feel like, hey, I, I, it matters that I'm here, that I'm valued, and that uh, God might be up to something around here, and that as we welcome people and as we go through worship songs, as we look into continue worship by looking into God's word, kind of given that revelation of who God is, helping to see him in a clear way. One of my favorite verses that I feel like God uh, gave me years ago was Ephesians uh, 1.17 that uh, I keep asking that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. And at the end of the day, every single Sunday, we want you to know God better. We want you to have hung out with him. We want you to have hung out with his people and, and sharpen one another and, and to have an experience by seeing who God is and what he's really like and experiencing him in, in worship. That There is something special about song. There is something that's special about that language. It is a language that's different than what we normally speak and different than what we normally speak in any kind of corporate setting. Like you don't go to the DMV and break out in song. I think it'd be awesome if you would, if you'd please film it and send it to me, because that would be great. But like, you don't do that. I think so, flash mobs. Maybe we should organize one. Okay, um, but like, you don't do that in, in a normal setting. And, and other than happy birthday, and maybe a couple of the things singing in, in that song language, unless you're one of the people who rock out in your car, uh, and then other people look at you rocking out in your car. Um, <clears throat> and if that's you, keep going. It. Uh, it's awesome, just keep the windows up. Um, but it's awesome that we have this opportunity to, to hold that together. And I know that's a deep passion of ours, that uh, we wanna see people experience that every single week, and it's a deep passion of Brian and our whole staff, that we want you to have those experiences. And so as a worship leader and as a pastor, we're never in conflict with the I love you. <laughs> 
We're never in conflict. First time it's touched me in a couple years, just so you know. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It was last Tuesday, shut up. Okay. (laughs) But we have that passion and that deep desire for you all. Uh, to have that experience, to be able to tap into that, because we know it's the busy whirlwind of life. And if you could have a few moments every week to kind of, in a way, recenter yourself, re-anchor yourself, we want Sunday nights to be that for, for everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. And so if you recall a few months back, if you were trekking with us through the book of Colossians, uh, Jack spoke uh, out of Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And this has really been a life verse of mine. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And for me, that was a really freeing verse uh, when I heard uh, a mentor in the faith for me uh, speak on that verse of how easy it is for us to get caught in this idea that the only people who get to change the world are professional Christians, basically your pastors. Uh, and so that's, I was in college at the time and just hearing this verse about, no, worship is something that happens in everyday life. And it was a, a message from Louis Giglio called Passion, Purpose, and Designer Genes. You can look it up on YouTube and it's fantastic. But it just talks about what it is to, maybe, maybe your passion isn't music, maybe your passion's in something else. And he gives the example of maybe your, your passion's in fashion design. And so that's okay. God can use that and use you to change the world. And so thinking of that verse and just kind of trekking back to that and what Jack spoke about that night, um, it's, it's meant to be that verse that calls us out to live a lifestyle of worship. So it's not about just the songs that we sing. It's not about the time that we get to spend together um, singing songs. It's really, what do I do in my everyday life and how am I reflecting Christ in doing that? And so with that in mind, I wanna ask you, Ryan, this question. Uh, you said you work with the Border Patrol. Uh, you've been doing that for four years. And so clearly that's not an environment where you're surrounded by Christians every single day. Uh, so how does working in that type of an environment, something that challenges you as a worshiper, and how do you respond to that? Yeah, definitely. Those The guys that I work with, they're uh, pretty brutal sometimes. Um, a lot of them are prior military. If you're in the military, it's like one of the hardest places to be. So a lot of those guys are retired. Um, some guys close to my age, some are older. Um, but yeah, they are, they are the brutalest of the bunch. So for me, what it looks like to worship, I just have to remind myself like every day that I'm there and I'm there for Christ. Um, he's blessed me with such a great job and to just work hard because worship, like you were saying, isn't just the music, isn't all that working, showing that you're a hard worker and not quitting or, or uh, just being lazy and all that. Like God doesn't want to want to see that. And so I feel like just working really hard as well as um, just my reactions and actions towards people, like I was saying, um, and how I uh, react in things that people say and do and the conversations that go on at work because some of them are pretty bad. So how It's interesting that you say that. If I can just real quick, you know, it's easy to act like a Christian. It's really hard to react like a Christian. Yes. Right. So how 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 does worship ground you in all of that? Um, it just, uh, so like I said, getting focused in, in the word in the morning definitely helps me stay focused on, um, the greatness of God and who he is and, um, what he's done for me. So like just representing that to others and how I react to them. Cause it's, there's been some tough times at work where there's been some run-ins with my supervisor and some other people and they were just like, really after like certain people and to just want to like just almost like tear their head off and and I know like that wasn't going to change it or how I react to them 
But um, so I just like, I had to remind myself, I talked with my girlfriend about it and um, just how to show them love because we know like, if you just get angry, they're just gonna go right back and forth. So um, showing them love back and, and I know God sees that as worship to him because that's what he calls us to do. So just loving and really working hard in that. So That's great, that's great. So Melody, uh, the same definitely can be said about your environment at the high school. Uh, being in a public school, we've all seen just kind of <laughs> what that's like in this next generation and how uh, there's just been a steady decay in morality. If we can be honest, in America, we've seen that. Uh, so how about for you? Uh, how do you use worship to encourage you throughout the day? And uh, how is working in that type of environment something that also challenges you? Um, I often will walk through campus and um, the song Holy Spirit you are welcome here and I, I will not sing it out loud but under my breath sing it um, there was a teacher last year that was going um, I was in her classroom with the, one of my students going through a rough divorce and um, I sent her an email and told her I'd be praying for her and I did that with other teachers. Um, and I really reach out to the kids on campus that are kind of outcast and, um, and try to befriend them and tell them I'm praying for them. And, um, and that's, that's how I worship on campus, yeah. That's great. Well, Alexa, your environment is certainly different to theirs since you get to be at home. Uh, and so you've got your 11-month-old, you said. His name is Valor, for all of you who were wondering. Valor's awesome. He's an adorable, adorable son. Uh, so how do you make your role as a wife and as a mother in act of worship? What does that look like for you? This is a really relevant question for me that made me think a lot because I'm kind of going through this transition since we moved here out of corporate America. Um, from a nine to five to now being home all the time is a big transition since we moved here for Stephen to start medical school. And the whole time I was working, since we I had the baby, um, I was thinking, oh, I just can't wait to be home with Valor because it's so meaningful and blah, blah, blah. And I'm here now and I'm realizing it's just a lot of poop. Um, <laughs> it's just not quite as glamorous though, wait, as, wait, as I was one. thinking. Any moms relate? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> And I know it's <laughs> meaningful. Um, I mean, I know it here. Um, but I think it made me, this question made me come back and say, Jesus, remind me why this is worship. And realizing that Jesus was the ultimate worshiper. He, was, he did everything as an act of worship. Um, and his whole life was caring about the least of these um, and he came to serve and not to be served, and I get to do that every day. I get to wipe butts for Jesus, and I get to pick <laughs> peas out of the carpet. And for me, worshiping then um, looks like putting down my phone and deciding to build blocks for him to knock down for the 170th time and um, throw, do laundry a zillionth time for diarrhea, and um, that is worship. Um, and it's cool, too, looking back on those journals that I spend uh, that I write in in the mornings to, to see how God's been so faithful to us. Like he spoke years ago to Stephen and I about medical school and here we are and I get to, I know that this is where I'm called to and this is 
this is worship to him doing what he's asked me to do, doing, walking out my calling to be um, a stay-at-home mom and a wife supporting Stephen through medical school because it's, it's our whole family's act of worship to Jesus. It's what we're all called to. Um, so I'm going to be the best butt wiper ever. <laughs> That's right. Who knew you'd get to come to church tonight and talk about diarrhea and butt wiping? You're That's welcome. Right. We're diving in. We're diving in deep. So uh, Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And I love what it says in the message and how Eugene Peterson uh, kind of rephrases this. So I want to read that too. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. And so that's really a great way to kind of follow up off of Colossians 3.17 as we... Uh, kind of come to the end of what we want to ask and what we want to talk about worship tonight. The interesting thing with that whole idea of uh, presenting your body as a living sacrifice is if you're a living sacrifice, you're able to crawl off of the altar, right? It's really easy to say, God, I'm going to surrender my heart to you this morning. I'm going to live for you today. And then about four hours into the day, all it takes is one person saying the wrong thing. And then suddenly reacting like a Christian becomes a very difficult thing. And so we understand it's a challenge and I understand it's a challenge. And so I just want to ask all three of you that you've all talked a little bit about how worship affects your everyday life. Uh, but just for the sake of everyone here, if worship's more than a song, if it's not just about us singing, I'd love to know more about how you worship throughout your day. How do you practice worship individually? How do you live your life as an offering of worship? Let's start with you, Alexa. How do you do that? Hey, you didn't give us this question in advance. Oh, I sure did. It was right at the end, though. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, I guess it's kind of like what I said. It's, um, I think it's impossible to, to react in the right way all the time without Jesus, and it's a, tr it's a process of transformation, and so it is deliberate steps into asking the Lord and doing things to sanctify me and to help me react more like Jesus because I can't just think really hard and say, I'm just gonna respond in love right now. It doesn't work so well when the baby's screaming. Um, and so part of that is spending intentional time in the word and in, and in prayer and, um, and in community and doing the things that Jesus did. Um, like I said, him being the ultimate worshiper. And then again, um, bringing it back to Jesus when I'm doing the things that's like ugh, cooking dinner or vacuuming or doing laundry and saying, Jesus, how is this worship? Remind me. And so it's always bringing it back to him. That's good. Yeah, Melody? Um, what was the question? <laughs> we'll put it right in front of you so you got that. Um, um, I don't so, have my glasses. <laughs> that's all right. So how, how do you worship throughout the day? We know you love to sing. Um, but what other ways do you find that yourself worshiping as you're walking through the halls at school or as you're running or going about your everyday life? Well, um, I try to eat well <laughs> and exercise. Um, I try to be very nice and forgiving to my children and, um, and, and just loving people, um, forgiving them if, if I'm offended, 
trying not to offend people, um, visiting the homeless on the street corners, um, um, bringing people to church, um, just really serving, serving others. If yesterday I took my 95-year-old um, neighbor out driving around, and um, we just had, we took her to visit some horses and just spending time with her, spending time with people, um, caring for my grandson and, and loving, just loving and um, trying not to judge people and accepting them as they are, and um, and telling them about my my the mistakes I've made, how I've been forgiven, and how they can be forgiven and have a relationship with Christ. That's really good. And if I can just commend you on the way that you reflect Christ, you know, elements, our vision, our mission statement is that we want to invite people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus. And Melody just models that so well. Uh, and I can just give a great uh, quick example that uh, whenever I would drive to work, uh, I work up at the Apple store at Long Cantata. And so my wife and I, when we had one car, would drive up Swan together. And um, there was always this man who was holding a, a sign at the corner of Sunrise and Swan. And so there was a, a day that my wife finally picked some food up from uh, the grocery store that's at the mall and wanted to take it back to this man. So she couldn't find him. She ends up finding him in the parking lot of the Safeway that's on the corner there. And she introduces herself, and his name is Tay. And uh, so she gives him some food and invites him to church. And he's like, oh, I've been to your church. I'm like, what? So uh, sure he, enough. He was pretty drunk when he was here. <laughs> <laughs> I think he passed out that night. <laughs> But it was so cool that several months later, when it was uh, Christmas Eve service, in comes Tay walking through the door, and he's just looking for Anya, uh, and he wants to talk to her and, and thank her for stopping, and uh, that's all because of Melody. Melody took him in and, and took him to church, and that's the type of church we want to be. That's what true worship looks like. It's not about favoritism, and the book of James talks about that. It's really easy for us to want to bring, uh, you know, the, the nice-looking people, but really it's, it's the broken that need Christ more than anyone else. And uh, so we want to be a church that's welcoming to all people. We want to have all walks of life here because that makes us better. That diversity helps us grow and helps us learn uh, how we can better be worshipers. So Ryan, I gave you a little bit of time to think about that one as well. Uh, but why don't you wrap us up here? How do you practice worship individually? You mentioned you like to read the word, um, but maybe when you're at work or what you're doing, what is it that uh, keeps pulling your heart back to Christ and how do you find uh, yourself worshiping him throughout the day? Yeah, so like I said, getting started in the day with the word. But it all goes back to, like Alexis said, we can't do it on our own. Uh, you're going to fail, and the enemy is going to try to keep you down. But just remembering God's grace and his love in that. And um, so just pressing into God, you know, really thanking him for what he's done um, throughout my day. Um, and just really, like, worshiping in that way, you know, being thankful of who God is and what he's done in my life. Um, and also... Uh, like you said, I, or like I told you, that I went to the gym. Um, there's some people at the gym that I've had some conversations with. So just being um, faithful in God, like pressing on my heart. And it wasn't easy, definitely, to have certain conversations with um, some guys there. And um, But I built this one relationship with this uh, couple there. Like it's still, I've, ha I've got them to come to church um, twice. But that's not really what matters. They haven't come back but I still try to pour into his life I ask him how he's doing and how his marriage is doing and stuff so I'm just constantly 
um, just trying to uh, love people and love people well. Um, it's not always easy, and sometimes, like I said, the conversations are pretty tough, but I know like God is working on his heart and working on my heart through it as well. So that, to me, I feel like is what encompasses worship um, just in my day-to-day life. Yeah. You know, I think you all have talked about it when we met this week too, just the passion to say, okay, worship is more than a song and it's, that's an awesome part and we need to lean into that because it, it really does refresh our hearts in a lot of ways. But it's bigger than just a song. It's bigger than just uh, a melody, if I will. Uh, it's bigger than just a harmony. It's, it's all this idea of, of saying, hey, how I live my life. Do you know that the average uh, person in America will work 88,000 hours for a job in their lifetime? Okay, that's about 40% of your life that you're gonna have a job. For those of you who are teenagers, you're like, what? Okay, um, <clears throat> 88,000 hours. So 40% of your life will be at work. So think about this. If worship is just singing, that, that's not including the time that you go shopping, that's not including the time at the DMV, it's not including time mowing the grass or raking the rocks, whatever you have at your house. But it's this, if it's so much more than that, Think about how much time we're here. You know, we're not here all that much, you know, hour and a half a week. Uh, so you add that up over your lifetime and the difference of that. And so oftentimes we get stuck in this idea of this competition between secular and sacred. And the reality is the Bible never talks about that. It never looks at this idea, okay, this is your sacred time. And then out here is your secular time. It looks at this idea of this is your time. Okay, it's really when the Bible looks at dividing things, it, it talks about this idea of the humble person and the prideful person. That's the division it talks about. It talks about uh, the sinful person and the righteous person. That's the division that it talks about, but not this idea of secular or sacred. And so worship is how you live your life as being a mom, being an encouragement to your husband, to your friends that are around you at work. Uh, we've talked about the conversations that God's opened up in little windows here and there uh, at work and, and be able to speak with influence into someone's life in a positive way. Uh, you do that all the time. Um, every single week I see a card that have 50 names on it of people that you're praying for. And it, I just, I'm so excited about your heart to invite people and to reach people. And so this opportunity to live life in all these aspects is an important part, and you all model that so well. And uh, thanks for being a part uh, of this panel and helping us. Yeah, let's give it up for our panel tonight. And so we just want to invite you next week. Uh, why does worship matter? We want to be able to, to get together and practice this. And so we're going to have a worship night. But it would be really ironic if we're like, worship is more than a song. And then we had a night that was just all about songs, right? So we don't want to do that. We, yes, there will be singing. We will have songs. Um, but we've invited a couple people to, to share ways that they're able to express their worship. And we're going to give them an opportunity to do that. But really, uh, when I think about worship and I think about the heart of an American, and that's in our culture, how can we best show God that he matters to us? What, what are the areas, the most important areas to us that we can put God first? And I would say that's in two ways. It's in our, our time and the way that we spend our time, and it's in our money. Because those are the things that we value as Americans, right? Like, man, I'm busy. I've got all these things going on. And so when we stop and when we make time for somebody else, that's an act of worship to show God, no, you're right, you're better, and I want to pursue you. And so this person's heart matters to you. 
And also when it comes to our money, whether or not we're willing to build the kingdom and to use what God has given us to be a blessing to others. For some of you, maybe God has blessed you with the ability to make a whole bunch of money. And the reality is I didn't get that blessing and that's okay. Like I don't need that. But ultimately, I can't help finance the church on my own. Uh, because of that, but maybe some of you who are great at that, that's gonna be God's calling for your life and that's gonna be the way that God calls you to worship him. And so uh, we wanna give everybody an opportunity next week for that. And so Jack's gonna share a little bit that we wanna make sure that we're worshiping with our money. And so next week we're gonna have a special opportunity to give to a, a really important cause and to something that really matters uh, and that really affects um, Jack and your family. So Jack, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're gonna be doing next week. Yeah, James 1.27 says, pure and genuine religion is in the sight of God. A father is to take care of orphans. And uh, so we've got an opportunity here. Uh, I don't know if all of you know, my wife uh, works here at the, the school and as oversees kind of our youth, uh, our Yodo program here, which is Youth on Their Own. Maybe you've heard of that organization. It's a great organization trying to help kids stay in school, graduate. Uh, a lot of kids who are orphans or uh, don't have uh, a biological mom and dad. And so we've got a group of 15 guys that are in a group home that uh, are from another country, speak very little English, uh, are here with multiple different reasons. Uh, but all of them uh, don't have family here. Uh, whether family got stuck somewhere or family is in prison or family is, uh, has passed on, uh, they're here. And uh, we wanted as a church to say, hey, you know what? Um, it, it matters that we do something. So above and beyond your tithes and offerings, what we wanna do next week is just a special offering to do something for this group of 15 guys. And what we would love to do is to be able to take them shopping and buy them brand new shoes and maybe some clothing for school as, we, as it gets started. Uh, they don't have anyone that does that to them. Uh, a lot of them are borrowing shoes from different people that are different wrong sizes and all that kind of stuff. And we thought, you know, we, can, we can't fix everything, but you know that saying we have around here a lot of do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And so we can't fix every issue with orphans in the city, uh, but for these 15 guys, we can fix it and we can do something. So uh, we wanna invite you to be a part of that process next week. So as a part of one of the elements that we'll do in the worship night, we're gonna take a special offering. Uh, we never do this, we never like pass buckets, but like we're gonna pass buckets next week. And if you uh, don't like to carry cash and you wanna give uh, via card, you can do that. We'll have that set up in the back and we just invite you to be a part of the process of helping a group of people that uh, I could just read you some quotes that would just break your heart uh, for things that they're applying for here, some resources that the school has access to, but uh, they're in the process of that and they're not fully into the loop of that yet. And so we can stand in the gap and make a difference for them. So um, that's what we're gonna be kind of raising money for, giving to and giving directly to them. And then we'd love uh, for a few of you, if, if we can work it out to maybe actually go with us to take them shopping uh, and be able to do that. And so if you're interested in that, come see me or talk to Amy afterwards. Uh, we'd love to be a part of that. But next week's gonna be a great week. We invite you to be a part of the worship night with us. And, and uh, yeah, so we're gonna move on into a time of communion. And uh, we do this every week. It's an opportunity for you to kind of uh, kind of re- center yourself in the idea of, of Jesus' sacrifice and his gift of his life for you, uh, his blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins, my sins, and for his body given, that we might be whole and in right relationship with God and that we might have life with God. And so I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna have an opportunity to do that. We'll worship a little bit and then we'll close out our night uh, a little bit early. But um, really appreciate you all being a part of this discussion and helping us understand worship and maybe a broader scope 
and uh, for hopefully you got some handles of like, okay, here's this calling, this worship rhythm is to be a part of my life, and how can I do that? Uh, I don't run, so I'm not gonna listen to music while running, um, but I will listen to music while driving, and I worship, and I can do that. So for you, find what's right for you, and make it a rhythm of your life like you all have. So let me pray for us. God, <coughs> we love you. And we want to worship you. We want to aim our attention and our affection in your direction uh, to give you and to place you as, as first and highest priority in our life. God, we live in a culture that is so convoluted and, and so loud with so much communication that sometimes we struggle to, to focus. Um, so would you build into each one of us a rhythm of worship that it is song, and we could spend time with you, and lang- music is a language that can refresh our hearts, and at the same time, it's how we live every single day. It's how we treat people and react to people, it's how we drive, it's how we uh, interact at work, it's how we interface with people at school, it's how we live and treat people. That's an act of worship to you. Whether they're marginalized or whether they're really important, they all need the same intention and they need to know that you're a God who loves them. And so would you guide us as we take communion here, as we worship in song? Uh, Father, would you continue to stir our hearts with this week? What does worship look like for us this week? What's one step that we can take to make worship more and more a rhythm of how we live our day-to-day life on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday too? As we remember your sacrifice, Jesus, uh, we thank you again. May gratitude always be a part of how we live and how we see the world. Convinced that gratitude is something that draws our heart toward worship and toward reflecting you well. And so we're grateful for your sacrifice, Jesus. And we remember that in communion and we celebrate that in this song. We ask in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen.